When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At what point do these people use the crunch for advertising? <laughs> Ethan's like, when do I get a cut of this? I know. I hear, I'm hearing a lot of... Thi- here. This is everything I... Hold this, on. All of this is separate from the crunch. Slow, this is all just stuff that I do down, on my own. Slow down. Since September of 2016, I have met with you one-on-one and done coaching every single week. <laughs> And I've even been so kind as to post it online for free for other people to listen to. You're going to put this as the episode. Isn't and so you? now you're saying, you're telling me that you're going to turn around and use the fruits Whatever of my do, labor. Do not, the fruits of my labor. I hear this. If I hear this at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to I'm going to block you on Instagram. Oh, and no. Not my phone. Oh, no. A website I never check. I won't be able to see. Dang it. Foiled again. Uh <laughs> Are you ready to start? Welcome to the crunch. It is your boy Ethan, no, and, I'm and I'm Patrick. not joined by Patrick today because I'm kicking him off the podcast. But wait, this is the this is all that I have. <laughs> you're all that I have. I got bad news. What's that? What's that movie? I don't know. It's like you're all that I have. It was a TikTok sound for a while. It has the guy from Scrubs in it. Oh, I don't know. Let me look it up. Oh gosh, I don't. I don't want this to be our opening bit. This is not worth it. Uh. I got I got nothing. Okay. I got nothing. In addition, I typed in URL that I hey. <laughs> so it's like so duckduckgo is like what? <laughs> I don't use Google anymore by the way. I use duckduckgo. Oh, I use ask Jeeves. My contact just fell out. Oh. Oh no, you're not going to be able to see our podcast. I can't do the podcast anymore. All right, I got bad news about the podcast. What? We can't we can't post it this weekend. Why not? Because thousands of listeners across the globe will get coronavirus if we post it. <laughs> we got to keep it. We got to get it quarantined. No, I don't have Ethan, coronavirus. Stop touching your face. I got an eye problem. Yeah, you're going to have a coronavirus problem uh, if you don't stop touching your I eye. Think it's, I think it's in the best interest of the health of this nation and dozens of other nations if we don't post this episode. Me too. I think we need to. You know what, actually? What's no, Trump doing? Trump is doing a lot to quarantine people. What is he doing to quarantine Princecasts? <laughs> this is a severe oversight on the part of the 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 the, the CDC. This is a, I. <laughs> I just still love my favorite thing about this whole presidential election cycle is everyone keeps asking presidential candidates what they're going to uh-huh. do about coronavirus, as if this is going to be a problem in November, yeah, or January of next year, yes, like when they have power. Pres- Joe Biden, what would you do about coronavirus? Like, what do you mean? What are you going to do? You're in charge of 300 million people. You think this guy is going to solve it? We have epidemiologists who are like, yeah, we know how to fix this. And you're just going to ask some dude who some was on schmuck. The Apprentice. Yeah. like Joe Biden <laughs> wasn't on The Apprentice. Oh, I, I was talking about Trump. Ah, yes. We, we were talking as a team today. So the University of Tulsa has decided to move to a virtual learning environment. Gotcha. So you got to evangelize from the cloud. I do. It's the only, like how God did it. <laughs> just like how God did it. Exactly. <laughs> He's really ahead of the times. Um, yeah. So 
we have to so it's the students they don't go to class they were strongly encouraged to go home until april 5th you're joking i'm not joking well spring break is next week so basically they're saying go home for spring break and then don't come back for two weeks Uh, or go on your spring break trip and then don't come back so we have no idea what our job is going to look like for the next month approximately Hmm. just because yeah spring break starts in two days and so until then things will be relatively normal even if people aren't going to class like we'll still be able to see them on campus but after that if like nobody comes back until april it's like two more weeks of yeah of just us kind of hanging out with whoever's there so i guess getting coronavirus yeah so i don't really know what exactly is going to happen my teammate Brianna believes that there's going to be even more mass hysteria over the next week and we need to go so for tonight we're going to costco and we're buying two weeks worth of food not because we think we'll need it but because we think everybody else is going to be buying food and so it's kind of this like because there's a strong possibility that like things shut down like stores um, because there's two things of two cases in Tulsa and they've already moved the learning environment to be virtual. And so I don't think that there's actually a coronavirus problem. I just think that everyone's going to get so freaked out that they're going to shut down the roads. And if you start yeah. walking somewhere, you're going to get shot by the National Guard. You know, like I don't <laughs> I'm fully prepared for all of the contingencies. The um. I was talking to a doctor about this and they were like, I don't know if this coronavirus thing is legit, but I am excited because fewer people are going to die of the flu this year because everyone's freaking out about the coronavirus. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, what's exciting to me is the potential of getting to loot uh, some buildings. Stop I've it. always <laughs> wanted to throw a brick through a window <laughs> and take a TV. <laughs> Because Augustine said that the Romans who helped loot with the, when the Vandals invaded, he said they weren't morally uh, culpable for that. Really? Right? That's that's what he said. No, he did not. Say oh, that. oh no. Well, let him <laughs> think. In is you loot stores that nobody thinks that you would loot, and so there's this furniture store, like the Baby Gap. Like the no, no, no. There's a furniture store right <laughs> next to a liquor store, uh, a couple blocks away. <laughs> So I feel like everyone's going to be looting the liquor store, but nobody's going to be trying to take like, a, I don't know, a green velvet chair that I could then put in my back room <laughs> and use as a reading chair. Nobody's going to be trying to do that, but I need a reading chair. And so maybe, I don't know who's, who's sorry, but get your bricks, ladies and gentlemen, time to loot. <laughs> time to loot. Yeah. Oh this is why gosh. our podcast does not have an imprimatur. No, it was, a, it was a, uh, what was it? An imprimatur? It was a, um, I don't remember what it was. The uh, Potter Noster. I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we didn't get that. We would have the been the Nihil Obstat. Is that what you're thinking? Nihil Obstat. Yes. Nope. I don't think that's what it was. Uh, well, those are the only two things that we could have gotten. So I don't think so. Yeah. I think there's like an audio. Oh, really? There's like a preaching one. Yeah. Anyway, an apostolic blessing. <laughs> Certainly, we're not getting any of those anytime soon. Yeah. What if we well, got? I only have I only have one week's worth of food uh-huh. at my house, so. I'm going to have to figure that out. I've got a, a several bags of ramen that I can eat. Uh, bags of ramen and a bottle of ketchup. So in case of emergency, I've got every food group covered. <laughs> you get fruits and vegetables due to the confusion about the tomato. You got sh- <laughs> you got sugar, which is in the ketchup. And then I've got noodles, <laughs> right, which is, which, is, which is the starch. Water, which is a food group, in the noodles. <laughs> and then I've got the chicken flavoring, which covers both sodium and chicken. 
And so I've got sodium and water are not food. That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's food right there. (laughs) I'm good to go. I I don't have any worries, but my team is like, we need to go get beef. And I'm like, I don't think we need to get any beef. We'll be all right. Yeah. If the, if the city shuts down, you're not going to be able to cook it anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to do? I don't know. I don't think water and electricity are going to shut off, but. You don't think so? Maybe. You never know. Alexander the other day was <laughs> was talking. He had a, one gallon of water. And he said, this will last me two weeks. And we were making fun of him because it's it, one gallon of water should should last <laughs> you last maybe a day if you're drinking enough water. And so if you're he, running cross country, maybe. And so we we're like, Alexander, you've got enough water for everybody. And he's like, what are you talking about? So you got your your gallon right there. It's good for, good for all of us. And he was <laughs> he was not pleased with that that joke. That's funny. I know. Um, we'll be all right. So I was at a meeting today, and uh, just to to take something off the off the the uh, impending doom of coronavirus, um, <clears throat> I was at a meeting today in our school, and I they have their book fair going on. They have like a little festival thing, and the, someone came over the inco- intercom and was like, "All right, seventh and eighth graders, if you have not been able to go to the show yet, it's time for you to go to the gym and see Hansy the Clown." No way. And I was like, "Wait, hold on, what's his name?" And the person next to me was like, it's Hansy the Clown. Hansy and I was like, clown. that's a safe environment violation. That guy needs to be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, change your name. <laughs> how did it, We always ask the question, how do they keep getting away with it? But it's, I think it's less on the clown and more on the administrators who thought hiring a guy named Hansy, Hansy was correct. Clown. It's like, man. These guys keep doing it. How do they keep getting away with it? No, it's 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 Wendy in the in the school administration <laughs> office saying, "Oh, Hansy seems nice. He seems like a great guy." Boom. But I don't understand. I saw him. I walked by because I was obviously interested in this clown named Hansy, uh-huh. and not like that. And uh, <laughs> he was, <laughs> and I was like, "What makes him so hands Hansy?" And I was like, "Does he have like Mickey Mouse glove hands?" No, he has normal hands. Normal he hands. He makes balloon animals, and I'm like, "Why not be called Balloony the clown?" Balloony. Or Animal D the Clown. <laughs> uh, uh, or Clowny the Clown. Uh, there's, lots of, there's too much, too many words that I can't say. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want. I don't have any more clown humor. I don't think. <laughs> I, I don't, don't want to dive too deep into the clown world. Do you think it's <laughs> weird how, for, it's basically since Stephen King's It, everyone's been scared of clowns. I think people were scared of clowns before that. Really? Why were they scared yeah. before that? I mean, you put a put a bunch of paint on a person, you can't see who they are, they draw on a smile even though they're sad on the inside, and then they put themselves into a tiny car. What if they want to put you in a tiny car? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot fit. I don't want to be. I'm, I cannot, I'm afraid of tight spaces. I, how do they all fit in the car? How do they all fit in the car? <laughs> is it one of those optical illusions where it seems like it's smaller than it actually is? Like a like a possibly like a Toyota it. Prius? <laughs> which no, is actually Prius. quite roomy a toyota prius is that small trust me i can't fit in them i went to buy one and you it went was to like, buy a prius yeah when i was because I, I wanted to i wanted to be able to drive to school on 50 miles to the gallon and mm-hmm. i like went to buy a prius and they were way too expensive yeah of course but i sat in one and i was like i can't see out of this thing <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking up what's that i see you googling i see you duck duck, duck going duck, going what is that what is can you I could How tell, do I clown could, cars work? I could tell by the way you brought it up earlier that you desperately want to talk about your switch from Google to DuckDuckGo. No, I don't really care. Oh, okay. Um, okay. How do they... 
I think they're they all. They strip the vehicle of all its seats, liners, <laughs> panels, storage, and barrier to the trunk. The windows are painted, and the driver sits on a milk crate. What? The springs are bolstered so the car doesn't drag. Everyone squeezes into the car. They curl up and gather close to maximize space. Um, is this just a like a, a uniform convention for every clown car ever? How do they know about the milk crate? Does everyone use a milk crate? I guess, but no, they, they literally, like, they take, they take, um, they take everything out. They take, out. like, everything out of, they take the engine out, right? Like, they take Where did, the trunk out. How does the car go? Out. They, like, they, dra- they, like, drag it on a thing. Oh, so it's not even a car? No, it's not a real car. Oh, gosh. Yeah. This sucks. It's not a custom car. They just decorate cars like Volkswagen Beetles, Mini Coupes, and Fiats. Um, uh, I sure hope all of those clowns use hand sanitizer before they got into close quarters yeah, like really? that. Yeah, really? Jeez. Like they're all going to get coronavirus. Clown coronavirus. Clown coronavirus. Clown coronavirus. <laughs> Clown coronavirus. Uh, okay. Um, I have a hot take. Oh, I'm hop in the hot already? Do <laughs> you want to hop in the hot take before I got my, got my socks off? All right. Sounds good. Take it away. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine. Hot Take Time Machine is a part of the show where we take a look back at the highlights of social media history. That is five years or older. If you have a hot take five years or older, send it into info at thecrunchcast.com. Ethan, oh yeah, hot take for us? I do. And I'm, is it I'm, one of your own? It is one of my own. I have two of my own in case the first one d- d- isn't isn't good enough for you. Doesn't land. <laughs> doesn't land. Uh, always be prepared, as they say in comedy school. Um, <laughs> this one is from Ethan Stevie at Bropostle. It's from March 2nd, 2014. It's at 12.05 p.m. <clears throat> this is topical. Ready? So March Madness is coming up. Where is Jesus in the bracket? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. <laughs> that is vintage. Three, uh, that makes, three retweets. That makes me mad. Three retweets, seven likes. That makes me mad. Why does um, it make you mad? Because it's so funny. Because it's was pretty like, good, huh? When I first heard it, I thought it was going to be another one of your hot takes about like how God's not in sports. Uh-huh. Like where's Jesus in the bracket, huh? Why uh-huh. don't we? Uh, yeah. Aren't we? Why don't? Why don't? Why don't we like double? Why don't we travel over to the church, and uh, take a knee with God? Uh huh. <laughs> no, that's not. Uh, that's not this tweet. That's me just making a really, really bad pun. No, it's a really Because that's what I used to do. Man. But I do have one of a grumpy take. If you're ready for it, I am ready. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this one's. I think this one is better. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is from Ethan Stevie Apropostle. March 14th, 2014, it says, Real brotherhood is not smoking and drinking together. Real brotherhood is singing Matt Marr together. <laughs> Six retweets, 19 Re- likes. Singing what? Matt Marr. Matt Marr. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that is a that is a take to end all take because it's it's one of those things that's completely flipped around. Now all I do is smoke and drink with people. <laughs> to t- and and that's brotherhood, right? I've never sang Matt Marr with anybody in in probably four years. Yeah, I know. And Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Phoebe and I were at uh, at a festival of praise at Franciscan the other day, and I don't know what that we, is. 
it's uh it's like it's like Steuben bill adoration but like uh, once a month gotcha and um so we were sitting in the back we were sitting in the back and um <laughs> in front of us like three rows in front of us was like uh, two rows of people of kids like with their with their arms around each other swaying back and forth mm-hmm. and she was like look definitely a high school <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh babe you're so right babe <laughs> babe babe you're really on top of this one babe it's like i don't i don't remember if she it's funny because she didn't have like a youth group that was like that that was like super close and like mm-hmm. hugging and swaying youth group yeah. but my youth group was hands down a hugging and swaying youth oh group. ours was too for sure yeah. for sure for sure and, Every it was always during love will hold us together. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Which I don't want to be a contrarian. I don't think that song is that good. I think it's perfectly fine. I think it's fine if you're 13, but if you're like, man, this is our song when you're t- 22. Come on, <laughs> it's time to it's time to graduate. It's time to sing. Oceans. I think it does. Time to sing I think oceans. it does exactly what it's <laughs> supposed to do. You ever heard of uh 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 Enter Sandman? <laughs> <laughs> that song slaps. Can you imagine if we were singing Enter Sandman <laughs> at SLS? Oh my gosh. Uh, let me hear, tell me about Gimme 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 a Man After Midnight by ABBA. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. I have a hot take. All right. Um, I want it. I, have, I need I have, it. I have two in case one doesn't one doesn't end up well. Um, I had to Google what this was. Sorry, I had to duck duck go what this was. <laughs> uh, let's this is from Isabella, November November twenty seventh, two thousand eleven. Let's all find the one guy who paid for the Mega Video Pro account and laugh at him. Do you know what Mega Video was? I don't know what Mega Video Pro is. Do you remember what like Mediafire was? I or like I still use Mediafire. Yeah, to illegally do. download music, yes. Yeah, you still download those RAR files. Got Oh yeah, yeah. got to unzip them. Unzip them. Sometimes WinRAR. Sometimes it's a virus. Sometimes it's an unreleased EP from your d- favorite trap DJ. <laughs> Who knows? Um, what Mega Video it holds. was essentially the same thing, but with like movies, and so it was a Chinese-based company apparently. Uh huh. And Mega was the name of the. They had like Mega Video. They had Mega Tube. They had Mega etc. And um. You could, you could pay for the Mega Video Pro account, okay, and like not have any ads. Okay, this is before the dawn of ad blocker. Right. I had to look this all up because I wasn't sure. But um, let's all find the one guy who paid, and then it got shut down. Like right after Mega Video Pro launched, it got shut down. So like people, um, people paid for Mega Video Pro, and then it got shut down because it was illegal. Dang. Um, yeah, it got no likes and no comments. And then another one from Isabella <laughs> is uh from march 27th i tried to do something good for the planet and then i got compost water on my face compost water compost water it's like the juices from compost bins oh organic gardening is a joke (laughs) and then someone named jessica with a g (laughs) (laughs) jessica (laughs) replied i tried to call you yesterday but you didn't pick up the phone because you don't love me anymore i love Um, that i love it when people used to respond to your posts Saying, "Hey, call me," and it and was then, had nothing to do with your post itself. Isabella responded, "I love you," but like with eight U's instead of any O's. Um, yeah. So, 
shout out Gessica for <laughs> shout out Gessica for for, for trying to for copying someone into friendship with you. Um, uh, I hope you're doing okay. Abusing Isabella in her time of need when she's just been hit by trash juice, and you're Jeez. like, hey, this would be a good time to catch up. What's going on in your life? It's just vintage 2012 Facebook. Anytime somebody, anytime I get juiced by compost, I'm not interested <laughs> in talking to my friends. Oh my gosh. I just. Do you remember that one time when I was in second grade? And. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> when we went to. Here's what we did it was in honor of Earth Day, okay? Uh huh. And this is hippie crap that we had to do. I had to take one of my mother's Diet Coke cans and bring it to school, and then we put the can in a pantyhose, and then we put the pantyhose into the ground (laughs) over by the trees at the edge of the playground, and then the teacher said, oh, we'll dig this up later and see how much it's composted or how much it's dissolved or or, or gone into the ground, and we've never gone back, and I've always wanted to go and just start digging around those trees <laughs> to see if I could find it, but I don't want to get arrested by the police for being a 23-year-old man digging on the grounds of a elementary school playground. <laughs> but I've always wondered, like, man, where did th- what happened to that Diet Coke can? What happened Have to I the told you about hose? the time that I thought I found dinosaur bones in an elementary school pra- playground? When I was in pre-K. No. Oh. I don't think so. Well, I did once. Oh, okay. I, we dug <laughs> and we found... <laughs> we were just digging and... um. <laughs> I found what I realize now was a PVC pipe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, dinosaurs but did I, have hollow bones. This is crazy. No, no, well, this is crazy. It's crazy. Steven Spielberg, tell him. Go <laughs> tell him. He's got he's to produce Jurassic World in 13 years. Uh-huh. Um, definitely not 13. Anyway, um, so I was digging and I found a PVC pipe. <laughs> and um, I was like, holy crap, guys. But I didn't say crap because that was a bad word. Um I found a dinosaur bone. And so it was like around the corner from where the teacher sits. Uh-huh. And so it was like, but I was organizing like a dig site. So I like gathered all my little, little ankle biter friends. Foreman like, okay, Patrick. You go dig over there. We got to see how far this bone goes. And I was like, guys, a dinosaur must have died here. Uh-huh. This is crazy. And my friend goes, Patrick, you got to go call a museum. <laughs> and I was like, get the number so the right. museum. <laughs> You're so right. We got to call a museum. It belongs and, in a museum. And so I ran up to the teacher and I was like, hey, Miss Zanone, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> I wasn't going to the bathroom. No. You and were... so I went inside and I grabbed I grabbed the phone <laughs> and I, I saw the letters and I tried <laughs> spelling M-U-Z. out museum. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh-huh. I don't know if this is still the case, but on old landlines, if you just matched, if you just matched or sorry, mash the buttons uh-huh. on a phone, it would automatically connect you to emergency services. Oh, really? You <laughs> yeah. called the cops on yourself for finding a dinosaur bone. And so it goes, they go, 911, what's your emergency? And I'm like, hi. <laughs> I need the museum. I need a museum. <laughs> and they were like, I'm, they were like, I have a historical emergency. <laughs> and she was like, honey, you shouldn't have called this number. And I was like, oh, no. And I like clicked and I like ran. And then cops showed up. You're kidding. No. Did you fess I up? Remember no, of course not. So the cops also, are just besides, there. Also, besides, if I did fess up, would they believe me? Like, yeah, I thought I found a dinosaur bone, and so I called 911. <laughs> Excuse me, officer. I thought that I found a dinosaur hidden over there, and I was just going to call the museum and get them to come over here and put me in the museum with the bone. 
But then I accidentally <laughs> called a mean lady on the phone. She said that I had to hang up, so I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please oh don't arrest gosh. me. But yeah, I was a, uh, I was a pretty, uh, pretty bossy kid. That's so funny that you Got orchestrated. I think it's so funny. I'm imagining. <laughs> I don't. Please don't arrest me. Okay. Do you know how close your school was to the houses that were around it? N- no. Okay. Because I'm imagining my school, my elementary school, was really close to the houses, and so if I find a pipe, and I just am digging, 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 and it goes all the way to like a home for whatever reason, you know. And then it's like, ah, the dinosaur's buried in the house. Or you come to the conclusion that you found one dinosaur that is that is so long. So large. And so skinny. <laughs> it just has the one bone. I don't know. I'm just thinking of all the, the different contingencies. that It makes yeah. me want to put uh, – uh, it makes me want to – how about this? Construct an entire skeleton out of a PVC pipe and bury it in my yard and then – Tell my kids like, "Hey, go dig, go dig in the yard and see what you find." But like, call before you dig, obviously. But then, <laughs> but then they dig and they find like a a giant pterodactyl in the backyard, and they uncover it, and then they call the news, and the news is like, "Wow, giant PVC skeleton! Who this changes everything about archaeological science?" And then my kids are famous. <laughs> you ever want to do that? You ever want to trick your kids? Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. Most what, most what you, most parents just want to let their kids believe in Santa Claus, but I would like to let them believe that there was a PVC pterodactyl. My my main desire to trick my kids, I think you may have given me this idea, but I really want to tell my kids that if they drink water when they eat fish, the fish will come back to life in their tummy. Yeah, you inspired that, but I definitely like yeah, unironically want so to tell funny. my kids that. Oh, that's hilarious. If you eat vegetables after you eat meat, the cow comes back to life. <laughs> if you eat grass. Oh my gosh. Pat, I uh I love talking about the 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 the, the old takes of our old lives. Mm-hmm. But what I want to know really uh about is is your now life. Welcome to Crunch on That, starring Patrick Nevy. Okay. The Jingle Master. I don't know why, I don't know why this catches me by surprise every time. I know it's the um, same bit every week. Every week is the same bit, but it's that the problem is if I think about it. Quit procrastinating. Do the song. Do the song. Okay, I gotta think. Come on, Jingle Boy. <laughs> chicken Boy. <laughs> I said Jingle Boy. Oh, <laughs> I'm the Chicken Dance Boy. Jingle Boy. Around here. I'm the Chicken. <laughs> um. can't no can't you have to you have to cut all of this out. i'm not cutting any of this out the people need to know how much i suffer for their enjoyment <laughs> week in and week out week in and week um, out get, uh, walla walla washington this is all uh, payback for that one i trip. have low blood sugar i need a kit cat now it's time for crunch on that are you happy i'm never happy <laughs> wow i like my second wife oh all right dang <laughs> that was sad Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What are we talking about this week? I have something we can talk about this week. All right. I Okay, why did you ask? <laughs> I didn't, know, I didn't <laughs> know if you had something. I've just I've just have something that I need to get off my chest. All right, please. And I don't know if this is I was going to tweet about this. Mm, it's best that you do it here. It's best I do it here because here you can correct me if I'm being a jerk ah, and I can explain myself. That's the best part about the podcast. I think that we need to stop talking about student loans as if that means we're living in poverty. Okay. Like gospel poverty. Okay. I think we need to stop talking about being in debt as if it's poverty because it's not the same thing. When you say gospel poverty, what do you mean? Like blessed are the poor in spirit or like the evangelical councils, right? Like you have to be poor, like Poor like Jesus, right? Right. I think that... How do you think Jesus knew so much about the scripture? What do you mean? Mary and Joseph weren't rich. There was yeah. no FAFSA. <laughs> Jesus had to have taken out some loans, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Definitely didn't take out loans. Here's here's my thing, right? It's like, it, on Twitter, right, friends of ours will get very heated about usury. Right, and the Catholic Church has been against usury forever. It's very hip to hate usury in 2020. Yeah, usury is, of course, lending money with high interest, right? Exorbitant interest. But if you willingly take out a credit card, you are allowing someone to commit usury on you. So if you willingly do it, are you party to that usury? Yes. So then. Catholics shouldn't have credit cards. I agree. I came to that conclusion a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So then I, I don't, I, cause, okay. So I went to Franciscan, which is obviously very Franciscan. Mm-hmm. And we talk about poverty a lot. And I think there's this attitude, and I don't know if this is a general attitude in the church, that's, really? oh, I'm always going to be in student loan debt. Yeah. And that makes me poor like Jesus. No, see, that's dumb. Thank you. Okay. Because if you were poor like Jesus, you wouldn't have been able to take out $50,000 and that's buy a $50,000 $50, education. That's exactly what I was th- going to say. I was like, isn't it, Thank doesn't you. it cost okay. a lot to go to Franciscan? <laughs> it does. Yeah. And that's a, that's a wealth that you have, mm-hmm. right? And like someone from, someone from the slums in India can't take out a $12,000 car note, you know? Yeah. Who's and doing so that? I think, I, I was just like, I was just thinking about like, I, I'm like I'm like listening to Dave Ramsey, right? And I'm like mm. doing a lot of this like financial Dave. financial wellness stuff, right? And fi- and financial freedom, and like I want to get out of debt, and like I want to save for retirement, and I don't want to have to rely on a pension or like Social Security or anything for my retirement, and my future. And I think that it's very possible because I'm very blessed to be able to provide that for myself and my family, right? Yes. And I think that those things are good, and that that y- Catholic young adults are in like the best place to to take control of their financial future 
and then bless the church in return. Like, I don't understand why the Amer- America is the wealthiest nation ever. And I keep hearing about there's not enough room in the budget at my Catholic parish. Yeah. Like, if we're the wealthiest nation, why is our church not the wealthiest nation? And it's not because people are, imbe- it's not because bishops are embezzling money. Although that does have something to do with it. No, I'm kidding. It is, it's not It's not, not that. Uh-huh, it's not. <laughs> but I think it's because the people of God aren't giving. Uh-huh. And why aren't the people of God giving? It's because they're giving their tithe. They're giving 10% of their income, right, every month to debt collectors mm. and to their car loans and to their mm. student loan payments mm. and to credit card companies, yes. right? And yes. I was having a conversation with friends about credit cards. <laughs> uh-huh. They were like, uh, I was talking about HelloFresh and how like I had a free trial of it and I got a bunch of food for free and they were like, oh, you should get another one with another email. I was like, oh, they track your card. And they're like, oh, just use a different card. And I was like, I only have one card. <laughs> and they were like, you don't have a debit card? And I was like, no, what? wait, no, yes, I do. <laughs> I don't have a credit card. Why did you assume that I did? And I had a credit card and not a debit card? And they're like, oh, well, the most important thing you could be doing is building credit. Is building your credit. And I'm like... And they were like, well, I was like, why do I need credit? Because I, I was like, let's just play this game. Why do I need credit? Right? And to get like, a mortgage. You want to finance a car. Oh. And I was like, well, I don't need to finance a car. I'm not going to do that. I don't, and they're like, what if you need to finance a couch? And I'm like, I, I already bought a couch. a couch. I saved up for it. Yeah, right. What about a like, house? What about buying a, what about buying a house? Yeah. And I was like, well, you can just do manual underwriting. And they were like, what? And I was like, exactly. You don't know what you're talking about. Can you teach me what manual underwriting is? Manual underwriting, you need to find a mortgage company that will do this because they won't all do it. But essentially, a credit score is uh, a quick way for them to do their job faster. So if you have borrowed money in the past, it's the likelihood that you will be able to not go bankrupt if they give you a lot of money, uh-huh. right? Because the banks want to give you money because they make money Correct. if they loan you money, right? This is um, why the bubble... I watched The Biggest Short. This is why the bubble happened. This is why the housing bubble popped, right? Yes. Because they lent out a bunch of money and people couldn't pay back. So credit yes. scores is a way for them to do it quickly. It means you have taken out a lot of money and you've paid a lot of interest. That's essentially what a credit score means. So a credit score, if you have a high credit score, that means that you've paid more money than you've bought things with. I log on to creditkarma.com once a day to make sure that my credit score is rock solid, baby. <laughs> you don't need to check your credit score that often. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Not even once a week. I know. I mean, At all. anyway... Um, so, but manual underwriting, they go, they do um, a little more digging, right? So they, they look at your salary. They look at how long you've held a job, how many jobs you've held in the past, what your housing is like, what um, your liabilities are and stuff like that. So if you, if you um, pay off all your debt and you close all of your credit card accounts, you close all of your accounts, nothing is open. If you have no debt accounts open in six months to a year, you will have an undeterminable credit score. Okay. They will. So, and that's the set, like the, the two, the two best things you could have is either an 850 or an indeterminable. But if you have an indeterminable, you won't be able to get a mortgage anywhere. Mm. Not, you won't be able to get a mortgage everywhere. Sorry, I should say. You need to find a place that will do manual underwriting, which means you look for, they like look through your history and say like, okay, I, I don't take out debt. Like you're the only people I'm going to be paying once a month besides basic utilities. Right. So like that makes you a good candidate. And so they'll look at the amount of house you want right versus how much income you make and you want your house to be no more than 25 percent of your monthly income your house payment and right they don't teach you any of this in school what if they say no and then you're up a up a creek let you just rent until you find someone to say yes oh but then so then i'm throwing money away so then like the money that i would spend on uh, uh uh interest i'm now spending on rent 
which I cannot, uh-huh. I get no equity from. Sure. Are, so are you you're saying just re- that is like, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Sweet. Okay, good. Because that's like a really simple answer. Um, if you pay rent, you're essentially paying someone else to fix all of the problems with the house. Yeah. If you own a house and something breaks, you have to fix it. If you rent and something breaks, you're good. That's true. Yeah. But it's still like, I'd still get no long-term benefit other than like, yes, I don't have to pay for the plumbing if the toilet breaks. Mm-hmm. Like I did, I don't get to turn all the money I'm putting in is just yeah. for the, maybe something breaks once every three months and it gets fixed rather than like okay, yeah. I'm building I think, I think, up value over time. I think what you're paying, you're paying for is like, you're paying for a lower risk, right? So you have lower risk first of all, but also um, if you rent longer because like, what's the alternative, right? If that's, how do I say this? If you're paying, um, it takes longer to build up credit than it does to rent for a couple of months until that's you true. find someone to give you money. That's, that's what true. I'm saying. Okay. Like, that makes sense. In order, you would have to, you would have to. But where, that's the other thing too, is like, where are you going to find a lease? That's not like a, I don't know. I don't think, I don't see that people just handing out like six month leases or six month, like, yeah, rental agreements, uh, like they're candy. Oh, well, I mean, they didn't check my credit score when I got my apartment. I know, but I'm, what I'm saying is most leases oh. are like year long. Oh yeah. Well then you can just, I mean, you can just buy out of a lease, right? Or you can just, you know. Well, assuming that you're wealthy, right, and not yeah, living gospel wealthy. poverty. But if you just if you save if you saved up, if you're saving up to buy a house, you should have a couple of thousand dollars sitting around. You should you should not buy a house with zero percent down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, you should have at least twenty percent down because if if you have twenty percent down, you avoid PMI. Do you know what PMI is? Post menstrual. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's um. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's something mortgage insurance. Oh, you don't even know what it is. It's par- It's I don't know. Well, I do know what it is. So it's um, you pay. They they require you to pay. Uh, if um, if your house gets foreclosed on, the bank gets money from this institution. So like you're paying the bank's insurance. If you pay PMI, it's like an extra like three hundred dollars a month. Um, it's so that if you default on your mortgage, they'll still get their money back from this organization. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're paying someone else's insurance. So if you you want at least twenty percent down to avoid uh, PMI, so yeah, that if anyone's buying a house right now, mm-hmm. you're welcome. We just helped you out a little bit. We just That's, solved the whole problem. I'll bill you. You can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's donations to Patreon.com/slash/TheCrunch. So yeah. here's here's the question. Yeah. How does this connect to what you're saying before about student loans? Okay, I kind of just want to talk about poverty today. I see. Okay. Because I think that we are stupid. Uh huh with in america yes with poverty um and i think that i don't think that dave ramsey is is good at talking about poverty either because no. i think when we say poverty and when he says poverty we mean two different things we got to define I think when, our sorry, terms i think when the church says poverty and dave ramsey says poverty those are two different things we represent the church yes we are the church. No. official but when, spokespeople but when random catholics say the word poverty i think they mean the kind of poverty that dave ramsey's talking about what is the poverty that dave ramsey's talking about when Dave Ramsey says you're poor or you're broke, what he means is you owe all of your money. You owe like more than you make in a year, right, to other people. Yeah. That's broke in his eyes. Yes. Right. And so when he says if you're broke, you shouldn't go to a restaurant and people on Twitter get mad like you hate poor people, which again, that's a stupid reason to get mad at someone. Like they're kind of, he's kind of right. He's trying you know, like to if, help. Yeah, if he, he's right. If you if you owe a ton of money, like if you take you can't take your entire family out to eat for under 
$150, right? Like if you have a family of four, you're spending 150 bucks. Um, you got to go to the place with the golden arches if you want to get a good deal. Yeah, really. And so like, he says like, don't see the inside of a restaurant. Right. And it's like, that makes sense. I can, I can dig that. But everyone's like, you hate poor people. And it's like, no, he doesn't hate poor people. He hates, he doesn't hate, he doesn't hate these people, but he thinks that it's dumb to take out a $40,000 car to buy a $40,000 car when you make $40,000 a year. And it is, Yeah, that is dumb. And some people rack up $15,000 in consumer debt. And that's on the low end of the people who call into his show. It's nuts. That's crazy. And so he's talking to those people who are, who are middle-class generally, but they're shoveling all of their money into um, cars and homes that they can't actually afford cars and homes and pieces of plastic. They can't afford. And so phones, electronics, TVs, and so I couches, apparently couches, apparently, um, I think that we as Catholics need to understand what he's talking about or what what the, the difference between like humble poverty and foolish poverty. Uh-huh. And we need to make sure that we are the first kind. I do not want to be foolish. Yeah. Or if you are wealthy, you need to find the difference between wicked wealth and wise wealth. Mm. See, there's a dichotomy here. So like when Ramsey talks about wealth, he's talking about wise wealth and foolish poverty, right? But we talk about, we see the, we see the, the humble poverty and the wicked rich, yes. but we need to see all four of these things at the same time because people can be poor because they're St. Francis or people can be poor because they're, they're shoveling every time they get a paycheck, right? It goes to new shoes and new, new pants, right? Or hats, right? Hats. Like stuff that uh, hats, <laughs> um, you know, and who buys more than one hat a, a, every three years? I don't know, man. I don't either. I bought a hat maybe twice in my life. I only have... I got one hat, and it was a gift. <laughs> I only wear one hat. Did you know Did you know that the average car car payment in America is like $500 a month? Average? Average. That's nuts to me. Isn't that ridiculous? And the average car payment is, um, is $500 over seven years. Golly. Sometimes yeah. I feel like I spent a lot of money on my car because it, it was expensive. It was like $7,000, which is not that expensive. $7,000 for a used vehicle, but then I've had to pay like quite a bit in like maintenance fees because everything keeps breaking. But yeah. even like, I, it's good to have perspective and realize like I'm actually not spending that much compared to everybody else yeah. <laughs> in the country. And I don't actually know where I was going with that. Tell me, part. tell me about real poverty. Tell me about what, oh, okay. what the actual poverty, because I want to hear your, your point finally so that I can weigh in. Yeah, so I think actual <laughs> poverty, right, is like, um, it's the difference between the Pharisees who give of their excess and the woman who gives of her need, right? Mm-hmm. Widening and, their phylacteries. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Every I time don't. I hear that reading where they widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels, I'm like, man, look at that. Look at that thick phylactery out there walking around. <laughs> Anyway, um, I don't know what it is. It's not important. I don't know. What it is. I'm not going to look it up. Carry it's, on. Uh, um, and I think that we don't realize because other people are richer than us that we give of our excess too, and we don't give of our need. And I was talking to my spiritual director about alms giving, and he said, "I was like, I really need to start giving money to the church more." And he was like, "Yeah, maybe you do, but honestly, when it comes to time, treasure, and talent, sometimes it's just easier to write the check, and you're not challenging yourself." Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're right. That's exactly it. Um, and so when we, we yell at the rich and we say, hey, Dave Ramsey, you need, you, you're worth $55 million. You need to start giving money. I think we don't, look at the, we don't look at ourselves and say like, well, maybe for him writing the check is easy. Maybe he needs to give of his time. 
right? Like maybe he needs, to, maybe that's the place where he has poverty because he doesn't have a lot of time because he has a lot of stuff going on. So maybe he needs to give of his time, right? And so poverty, what um, Jacques I mean, Philippe. I think he also needs to give money too. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. But that's the thing is like he does and what 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 does he give right if like he has 55 million dollars if he gives five hundred thousand dollars that's a lot of money but it's like that's like a fraction of his net worth sure how much money could he possibly give right all that would for in in order for him to feel like he's giving money right if he gives all of his money right all of the people who work for his company yeah and all of the people who like manage his properties they're out of a job exactly so he's actually taking money from other people i know it's just it's yeah. like a hard line. You can't just say like, "Oh, don't be rich." You gotta yeah. you gotta say like, "Hey," uh, I mean, I don't know Dave Ramsey's finances, but he he talks about him sometimes on the show. It's kind of interesting because he talk he talk he definitely has like tens of millions of dollars, yeah, if not a hundred. But that's the thing is like he is a he is a man of faith, right? And so we he talks about how much he gives and he emphasizes giving money. Like the seventh baby step, right, is to build wealth and give. Yes. Right. And so that's the purpose is like you need to be as generous as you can now that you've gone through this, now that you've gone through this gauntlet of like building a financial peace, you need to be faithful with the money that God has given. You You need to give it away, right, to people who need it. But that's the thing is like, I think that, I think that we, if we demand people like Dave Ramsey give like, Oh, if, if he gave, if he gave $5,000 a year to different families, like he would be able to financially support families. he would be able to financially support like, I don't know what it's like a hundred, hundreds, no, hundreds of families. No, he wouldn't be able to support hundreds of families, like 500 divided by 50,000. So he'd be able to support like 10 families, right. For a year. Mm-hmm. If he gave 50, right? Like that, that's, that's not a lot of families, but that's really awesome, right? Mm-hmm. That he could do that. But again, mm-hmm. like that would be a really big deal to them and not a really big deal to him. So how does he save his soul? Right. That's my point. Yeah. Is like, even if he did give a ton of his money away, he wouldn't feel it. And that's the point of giving you have to, it has to hurt because you have to mm-hmm. remember what it felt like to be poor. And so yeah. my spiritual director was saying like young people like us, we have a lot of excess. And so when we give money, it's easy and he said it's actually it's actually more often we have to give of our time because our time is incredibly valuable to us because we're trying to build careers we're trying to like spend time with I don't know our if friends. it's easy for me to give money away it it hurts well I, you're you're in a different position because you don't make as much as like someone who has that's like true. a as a like a like a formal job you know at like with like a 401k you're trying healthcare to you're plan. trying to say I don't have a job I have a 403b I, yeah I got healthcare oh you do yeah that's important what <laughs> what Every it's focused as a nonprofit, just the same as any other nonprofit oh, okay. would be. I don't know how you, I don't know how your organization works. It's 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 a it is a it is a it is a five hundred three C. Nice. I don't know what that. I think that might be right. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that is okay. <laughs> um, continue on your comment. And yeah, I think I think instead of pointing the finger at the wealthy, we need to point the finger back at ourselves and say, how are we experiencing poverty? Because, um poverty is this state of like dependence and if god has allowed you to get to the point where you're financially independent that means you need to find dependence on him in other ways because that's how growth works right right like you're dependent on your parents for something then they give it to you and you become independent but then you need to be dependent on like but god is always your father right and so you need to be dependent on him in 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 different ways right it's like to overcome your sinfulness 
to overcome like different areas where you're not as not as uh prudent or temperate right like when it comes to when it comes to financial peace your finance is a lot about temperance and your ability to not spend and then your ability to give right and so like if you if you're dependent on god to like to help you grow in those virtues and then you attain those virtues it's time for you to depend on him for other virtues and so i just think that the the conversation that we have surrounding wealth and and poverty in the american church needs some tinkering i'm tired of hearing that people are going to be in debt their entire lives when they literally only have twenty thousand dollars in debt i no, i'm here i you just cut out for the last uh probably 15 seconds oh i was saying you said i'm tired of i'm tired of hearing i'm tired of hearing people say i'm going to be in debt my entire life when they're twenty thousand dollars in debt ah yes most people can get out of that in two years oh yeah and even if you're 50,000, if you make what you owe in a year, you can get out of debt in two years, especially sure. if you're single. Yes. And with my, with like people that I've talked to from school, right? With people that I've, that I've, that I've helped with their finances, right? My friends like ask me questions about this sometimes. It's surprising to me how surprised they are that they can take care of their finances. And I think because of the way we talk about poverty falsely, we impose, we self-impose financial ruin on ourselves. Or at least like I've seen it happen, right? We're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be poor like St. Francis. I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And then that's not how that works. To, we refuse to dig ourselves out of the hole. And then in or, because we're afraid. And then if, if you are in a place where you can get out of poverty, you're afraid to build wealth in a sense right you're afraid to you're afraid to have like your your net worth grow because you don't want to become wicked wealth magnifies what was already there if you if you're a, if you're a crappy poor person and you get a bunch of money you're going to be a crappy rich person think about all the people that win the lottery and then go broke in yeah or two like years. jake and logan paul who <laughs> exactly yeah, well good or like, you know, like you see it on YouTube all the time. People like, or like influencers, right? They get this huge audience and they build it, they get build a huge brand and they make a ton of money and then it turns out they're jerks. Yeah. Because they were jerks when they started and then they got a bunch of money and now they're rich jerks. But if you're a virtuous person, right? Like mm -hmm. I just... Say what you want about a guy like Casey Neistat, but he worked really, really hard when he was really poor yeah. and still works really, really hard now that he's made a lot of money. Yeah. Um. I haven't watched any of his videos lately. I don't know if he's still making videos or anything, but he's the, the guy that stuck out of my mind of like, well, that was kind of above all of that. And I think it's because he had to work super hard. He like moved to New York with like $200, no. yeah. you know, like he didn't have anything. Um, he didn't just get lucky and ride a viral trend, you know, like he, yeah, he built a, a business and yeah. then when it started being successful, he just kept doing what he was already doing and it's led to like more success. So I don't I think know. Catholic millennials right now, maybe not millennials, Gen Z, because we're coming up on that being the adult, you know, <sighs> they're, they're new adults. Um, we're in a place if, if you're if you're like in your 20s and you start investing and start saving for retirement, you will be a millionaire by the time you retire. If you invest 15 percent of your income, like it's like 15, 15 percent of your income Gosh. <laughs> into into retirement right by the time you get to 
Are you talking like a like a low cost index fund, or you talking like a four hundred one k? Um, four hundred one ks are not um investment accounts. They're like the, they're like the 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 jacket around the accounts. Like a four hundred one k can be invested in low cost low cost index funds or actively managed mutual funds. So you're saying I put fifteen percent into a four hundred one k? I'm saying um you put you take fifteen percent of your income and then uh-huh. whatever your company matches, if they match three percent, you put three percent with your company and then the rest you invest in a Roth IRA because that's tax free growth. Tax free, baby. Tax free growth. A Roth IRA is tax free growth, which means you the government taxes you on your money, you take it into your pocket and then you put it into a Roth IRA and then it grows tax free. So when you get to retirement, you withdraw it tax free and you made all that money. The government can't touch it. Um, yes. So anyway, if you if you did that, you would probably like it's like more than it's like almost certain because it can't be certain um, that you will have a million dollars percent retire and like retiring with a million dollars right if you retire it at, at if you retire at like sixty and then you live another forty years right like that's a million dollars isn't gonna last you that long but um, if young people took control of their finances then. If young people in the church took control of their finances, then the church of the future isn't going to be in the position the church isn't going to be poor the church of now is right. Like, why is the church of now so poor? And I think it's because of horrible financial decisions that the people that it's because of bad financial decisions that people of God made. And this is the uh, the fact that we can turn this around is a is a positive for things like the internet because you can actually spread good information about how yeah. to do your finances when previously all you had to listen to was your local banker who was interested in making money off of you yes and not necessarily helping you yeah um or you paid attention to the tv where people were talking about things that are being influenced by big money down on yeah. wall street you know so it's this it's is the first time that lenders. we've really had like people have actual knowledge of yeah. and desire to help the people rather than just putting money in their own pockets. Why do you think you only see crappy car dealerships and payday lenders in poor neighborhoods? It's because they have lower access to information, and so they'll take a payday lender any day of the week if that means they can eat. Yeah. Right? And that's if you don't know what that is, it's a horrible thing that people do. It's terrible. They give you, quote-unquote, advance on your paycheck at like 20% interest. (sighs) That stresses me out. Yeah, it's horrible. And and, and that, that, that is poverty. Mm-hmm. That is people being taken advantage of. It's true. Like I, I don't want to say that if you took, I don't want to be like if you took out student loans, you agreed to that, and you, you were 18 years old. It's true. Like it's true that you were screwed, and it's true that someone took advantage of you because the FAFSA Pell Grant, which is free money, is on the same page as the unsubsidized student loans and the Parent Plus loans. It's on the same page. You click off. You have to unclick them, right? Like that's bad. The government is taking advantage of you in that sense, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that right now you have to be like, hey, the government, you have you did this to me, you have to fix this. It's true they should, but like you can fix it. I do want to say, if anyone has questions about finances, just <laughs> literally email me. I I will help you. I don't care. Like I'll give if you if you're like, how do I do that? I'm just gonna tell you. I don't care. Information is free. I'll direct you where to go. Um, it's just something that I I really I really am passionate about, and I want. I want to help people see their finances in light of the gospel and not in like the cheesy contrary. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the contrary way and not, not in the way the world sees it. And I want them, I want them to feel like, I don't want them to feel like building, building wealth and being successful is evil. Um, I think we don't have a choice, but to be successful with our money because we live in a country that has it and hates us. Yeah. And like, if, 
if the if every Catholic if Catholics got rid of all of the money if like no Catholic had money, then all of the non Catholics will have the money. Oh no! <laughs> right, like someone has to. So like, who's gonna build the roads? Who's gonna build the roads? <laughs> the, the church. Um, <laughs> Integralism. You gotta like. You got to think about it like that, right? Like if the Catholic Church, if people of if the people of God who manage their money well and see it as God's money, right? Then then that that changes the economy for good. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't I I that's just that's just how I've started to view money and I think I, I think uh, yeah. Go ahead. I I, I agree. Cool. <laughs> I would just, I would just like to say I think it's I my own personal struggles is I've been taught by everything my whole life that money is, is, is the thing to work for. And if you can make money, Mm. then you're going to be okay. And then I started praying and reading the gospels and Jesus was like, the money is, is not the thing that you need to be working for. And I was like, ah, money, bad Jesus. Good. (laughs) And so I'm like trying to find the virtuous mean of seeing because I, I yeah it's like i do i totally agree like it's not a sin to have money it's not a sin to make money it's not even a sin to make a lot of money it's it's this, it's this more nuanced view that i have to accept and figure out which is like you can have a good business and you can or you can be successful or whatever at your job but what really matters at the end of the day is like what you do with the money that you get and yeah. like what your attachment is to it. And it's obvious that like the more you have of a thing, the harder it is to get uh, detached from it. And so that's why I'm glad now that I am a missionary for the first couple of years out of college, because I think if I had gone straight into engineering, I would have a disordered attachment to money. Um, but now I get to see like, okay, me giving away like I don't want to flex, but like me giving away money for of my own money for students to go on like SLS or on a mission trip. Yeah. Like in the initial offset, like when I look at it I'm like, Oh, that's $500. I really need that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I give it away and then I don't have it anymore. And I'm like, Oh, I actually really didn't need that. Like I'm doing okay without it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, or whatever it is. If like buying someone's food for them or, or whatever, just <laughs> little little things like that where I think, oh, man, this will really hurt. And then and then it doesn't hurt. And so I think I've kind of not to the point where I'm being wasteful. Like I mm. want to be clear. Right. Like I'm not just throwing money out the side of my car window, yeah. driving through the streets of Tulsa saying, take what you need, peons. Like I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, I run into that with Phoebe and planning for the uh, wedding. I'm like, I really don't want to pay for party favors, but. I'm like, yeah, this needs to be, it's not something that's needed, but it's like, you want to have a good wedding. Yeah. And you like, I have need fun. to pay for that. Right. Yeah. And I also want Phoebe to feel happy and have the wedding that she's always wanted. Cause we only get one, you know? Right. Exactly. And I think so now, right. I'm, I'm in a place where my net worth is very, very low <laughs> and <laughs> it's okay. Most of our net worths are negative. It's fine. Yeah. And so now I'm thinking about like, okay, I, I eventually I'm going to start making more money and having more money in the bank. Um, but I, it's, it's just going to be a constant, like, I can't at any point, like stop praying to be detached from money. Like I, it's just something I'm going to have to be praying about for the rest of my life. And I think that's kind of where we get lost is we're like, okay, 
this is the Catholic worldview of money. Now go and and I've, I've heard before, like we need, like you were saying, we need Catholic people in the workplaces. We need Catholic people making money. And then people hear that and they're just off to the races and they say, well, I'm doing it for the church, but they're not always examining where their heart is. Yeah. And I think that is why it's, I'm just so hesitant all of the time to like, to, to, to just push the, the cash because I think that the thing that needs to be pushed that is not pushed enough is have you repented? Do you have a relationship, a living relationship with Jesus that you are going to keep for the rest of your life? Or are you just kind of in a phase where you pray now? And then as soon as you start making money, you're going to stop praying. Um, Mm, And so I like, I kind of, uh, and maybe I need to focus more on other aspects too, because I don't, maybe I just don't emphasize like the financial portion of our lives enough and like how we can actually use our money to glorify God. Because I'm thinking like, wow, we have to build prayer lives now or else everything's going to go to heck, you know, down 20 years down the road even. Yeah. So I, I agree with everything that you're saying, but I like, I'm, I'm kind of, you're tackling it from one angle and then my like work is tackling it from the other angle of like trying to give these guys a relationship with God so that everything else is in the proper light. Um, Cause you can say all the right things about money. Yeah. But then if they don't have a reason to actually go through with it other than I can give to the church when I'm 60, then it's like definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think you're right. But that's just kind of what I've been thinking as you've been talking. I think that I used poverty as an excuse to not manage my money well. Yes, I did. I've done the same thing. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think that I think that I used poverty. Like, I don't need a budget. I just like I'm just I'm just poor. I'm I'm just just going to be poor. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, well, if you're poor, you need a budget, right? Like you especially because if you're rich, you need a budget. Everybody needs a budget because God gave you something. Yeah. Right. And uh, as something as nebulous as money, especially with like debit cards, which is why I think doing cash is smart um, Mm -hmm. because it's it's like, oh, I just pay for this thing. And then it's gone. Thanks, God. Like, nobody ever, we don't do that, you know? Same thing with, like, clothes. If you have just a bunch of clothes and you're not really wearing most of them, it's, like, hard to be, like, wow, God gave me this, so yeah. thank you. You know, like, the the key of all of it, the key of happiness is gratitude, hands down. And so if we're not thankful, if we're not getting on our knees and thanking God for every gift we've been given, then we're going to abuse the gift and we're going to overlook the other things that we might not expect to have been given. And so I think... Yeah, we need to be thankful to God and recognize that money exists for the salvation of souls yeah. and nothing else. So, and that's I want to push. I want to push, um, like financial stewardship. Yeah, more in my life, and I want that to be like something that I push because I think I think that there's a there's a there's something missing in. Catholic conversations about money and the and the Catholic conversation about money needs to be treated from a different angle than the Protestant conversation about money because in the Protestant conversation yeah. is mo- of money as long as you quote the Bible you're good mm-hmm. yeah. and that's that's a lot of Dave Ramsey's books she's like well the borrower is slave to the lender and he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much will be trusted with much and it's like yes those things are in the Bible but they're also about God and they're about our spiritual walks and so you can't just look at them at face value so I, I think that the Catholic conversation of money needs to be more um needs to be approached from a more like traditional more like more like holistically spiritual approach and that's why i I have like a little book idea in the works um i have no idea where i would put it or who i would give it to to publish but i might just do it myself i know Um, who we're not gonna give it to to publish (laughs) (laughs) honestly i might just self-publish because the um the people we're going through for our merchandise they they said they publish books and ebooks too so i might just go through them honestly i might just start self but like 
I might just say like, hey, everyone on the podcast, if you if you want to buy this book, you can. It's five dollars and it's a hard copy, and I make barely any money off of it. Like I honestly don't care. I just want. Um, but so that yeah, that's why that's why I started that. Like I don't know, it's it was called financial coaching at first, but I I think stewardship coaching is a better word because it, it's not exactly about like teaching you how to use your finance as well. It's teaching you how to take care of something that. God has blessed us with and this area of the country with this area of the world with. And I think that we would, we're in a, we're in an important position as young people. Like when I listen to Dave Ramsey's show and these old people come on and they're like, hi, I'm 50 and I'm $30,000 in debt. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And like, I wish they're like, I wish I had heard about this when I was 22. And I'm like, I'm 22. I need to take that into consideration. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be twice my lifetime from now saying, I wish I had listened to that advice when I was 22. Yeah. You know, I, I think the main takeaway for me and for everybody listening to this podcast, I'm just deciding for you what the main takeaway is, (laughs) is that if you, if you do these things, right, if you take care of your money in a way that is oriented towards God, the church in 30 years could slap seriously that, that is not a joke like we joke. no longer will we have to worry about whether or not we have enough youth ministers or enough honestly or administrators or whatever you that, can that was generous your, you yeah. can change your financial future in 10 years 10 years 10 years is like if, if you if i'm you just start, accounting for the fact that most of our listeners are like 12 <laughs> there's like the the dave ramsey says most people can get out of debt in two years which is wild to say but it's true and then if you're out of debt in two years and then most people finish the set the third baby step in in six months then you're already in like the final stages of this like whole deal where you can actually like steady yourself like buy a home it's like all these things like establish yourself financially and give more right yeah, yeah. and because when you because guys when you're not when you're not giving 200 dollars a month to your to ford motor credit and 250 dollars a month to ed ed finance ed finance or whatever ed um, financial ed they have financial. a hold on me you can give oh do you have is that your loan distributor yeah. too hey yeah. look at that hey Lindsay's. brothers um hey, screw those guys uh yeah when you're not giving 400 dollars a month to your loan companies you can give 400 dollars a month to the church and you're not even going to feel it Boom. once you're not giving it to them you can give it to the church because you're not going to even feel it it's in your budget you're used to paying that every month now you can give it to other people Yes. Right. So, like, that's what we're talking about, and this is not. I. I. This you is could not support like, your favorite focus missionary. You could support seriously. Give give five percent of your income to the parish. Give five percent of your income to, um, to charities like and missionaries. Seriously, it's great. It uh, it changes. It those things change the world. Yes. Giving up. money to Ed, whoever he is, on his financial tower, does not change the world. Yeah. <clears throat> so we got to minimize. There's a reason Bank of America that. has a bigger house than you, and us. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's a reason why St. Patrick's Cathedral you can't see it from the skyline. It's because of banks. Uh, banks. Um. Ed. Anyway, so <laughs> this is not like this is not like a sell. If you have questions about finance, just email me, Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. If you have questions about like how you're handling your money and what to do, I can point you in the right direction. We can talk about things. I'll even hop on a video call with you. Seriously, like I want to talk to people about this, especially young. Catholics who feel like they don't have any direction to go. Cause when I talk to my friends at Franciscan that are all going into youth ministry and they're all saying the same things, I'm going to be in debt. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make more than $20,000 a year. Not true. 
um, and I'm going to always be in debt, right? Like, did you know there was a study done of millionaires? Uh, the top three, um, the top three professions of millionaires. One was uh, accountant, whoop de doo. One yeah. was engineer, whoop de doo, and the other was teacher. Oh, and it's because people like teachers, they're undervalued, right? Um, they go into their career knowing they're not going to make a lot of money. Doctors aren't up there. Huh. Lawyers aren't up there because huh. they go with $10,000 in student loan debt, $200,000 in student loan debt. So like, I'm going to make a ton of money. And then they get out of college, they buy a Lamborghini and then they're even more in debt and well, more, more likely they buy a Mercedes. And then they got the horses in the back. Yeah. And, and then they, <laughs> they have a, they have a, they have lifestyle creep, right? Where they, they buy a bunch of things they don't need and they don't become millionaires because they because are, they're paying off their smart fridge exactly and like whereas teachers right engineers are more like they're more systems they care about systems and effectiveness right um, oh yes accountants kind of crack the code after a while and but teachers they start from a, a place of um of frugality and of, of of thoughtfulness and so they and also the sometimes the uh the education system does have great retirement packages. Sometimes. Let's get youth ministers in the top three, baby. I think I think they could be. I mean, that the thing is, <laughs> I, I just think there aren't a, there weren't a lot um, interviewed for this study. But I think Probably that youth not. ministers are in the same position where, like, they go into their job. If you live like a college student right out of college, you can pay off your debt right out of college. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not. Anyway, again, email me Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. If you have questions about your dating life, email me <laughs> Ethan at thecrunchcast.com. <laughs> we can even do we can even do like a like a Patrick's financial corner. <laughs> You've had so many different corners. I've had so many different corners. I got You're a whole I got up. a whole room, baby. It's oh, <laughs> you got more than four corners. You got a whole isn't, room. Isn't a room with a bunch of corners just like a maze? Isn't that just a hallway? <laughs> no, that's um, a room with a maze. Is a room with a bunch of corners. <sighs> You can, you can find, find us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you go ahead. Do the thing. Okay, you can find us on patreon.com slash the crunch. It is a tithe if you give to us. It's <laughs> not, not a tithe. That's it's not, not a tithe, but it is it is a good way to support the church in the broader sense. Um you can uh find me at Ethan at the crunchcast.com. You can find Patrick at Patrick at the crunchcast.com. You can find us on Twitter dot com slash the crunch cast you can find patrick at catholic pat you can find me uh yeah you can find me at the university of tulsa the university of tulsa come on down and visit and what else is there yeah patreon.com slash the crunch patrick do you have any other thoughts for the people in april something big is going to happen with the crunch and that was all i was told to say i was told that uh we're doing we're doing a revamp of our website. We're doing um, some fun. I just had an inter- I had a, like a little meeting yesterday with people, and I, I talked. I asked them when we can drop information about this on the podcast. But mark your calendars, folks. April, April. <laughs> mark the whole month of April. <laughs> it's gonna be huge. Nobody's so marking anything. Mark the calendar. April. The Please crunch is calendar. going big time. We're gonna have a lot of great stuff for you guys and. Patreon is going to become the second best way to support the show. Ooh. Yeah. Teasy. All right. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.